Welcome to Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to learn from fellow business owners how to decrease the chaos and increase their sense of fulfillment while becoming more profitable. I'm your host, Tracy Trepesky. I'm an executive coach and consultant and leadership development expert. I'm also mom to two amazing teenagers and a menagerie of adopted furry family members. In each episode, we explore challenges, opportunities, and actionable tips to help you take control of your time and energy and improve your bottom line while staying true to your vision. You'll hear from me and my guests how we've tackled some of the pitfalls and unexpected surprises that entrepreneurship delivers. We're the real deal, and we're here to inspire and encourage you. Let's dive in. Welcome to episode 59 of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset. It's me, Tracy, and as we prepare to air this week's episode, I am overcome with feelings of grief, despair, and anger about the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, a ruling that will disproportionately impact people of color, trans people, people living in poverty in hostile states, every person with a uterus, and by extension, any person who knows someone with a uterus. In short, this decision is creating a wave that impacts every single human and is being felt across the globe. I feel compelled to share some resources for those who may need them, and I feel equally compelled to call on you, dear listeners, to do what you can by amplifying voices, donating to abortion and healthcare providers, speaking up, speaking out, marching, whatever you feel you can do. Some things you can do right now, and there are several links at the top of the show notes this week if you're wondering where to start. It's not comprehensive by any means, but it's a start. In addition to inviting a call to action, I would also like to remind you, sweet listener, that if you need rest, take rest, recharge your batteries, take excellent care of yourself because we need you. The world needs you. And if you need support, reach out to a trusted friend, a trusted ally or connection on social media, or reach out to us at the podcast Instagram. We care about your well-being and we will do what we can to support you. So with very mixed feelings, a heavy heart, and immense gratitude for the ability to have these conversations with so many incredible humans, I turn to this week's episode. I have to say, the episode title is apropos, Treating Yourself as a Luxury Brand, with Jaylissa Lee of Modern Luxury Lounge, a branding and PR strategist for high-level entrepreneurs, CEOs, and executives. Jaylissa shares her best tips on how to treat yourself like a luxury brand by building upon the following pillars. Educating women about investing and NFT, personal branding, modern luxury, making social media intentional, and turning every post into a mini blog. Jaylissa shared that through navigating severe depression and anxiety with professional help and support, she came to realize how important it is to take excellent care of ourselves. And as she said, you can't pour from an empty cup. You won't want to miss when she talks about experiential luxury, particularly with respect to time, 
connections, relationships, and experiences. Her tips are simple, but so important and impactful. Treat yourself like a luxury brand. Stay unbothered and recapture your time. Discipline gives freedom. Stay as far away from comparison culture as you can. Set goals, but not expectations. This is the one that really resonates with me. Set goals, but not expectations. And celebrate your accomplishments. I enjoyed this conversation with Jaylissa so much that I didn't want it to end. And I think you will too. So you know what to do now. Grab a beverage or a snack and settle in to listen to Jaylissa and her amazing journey. Jaylissa, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. My face hurts. We've been laughing so much in the great room. <laughs> it's right. I know. As we were saying hello, I was like, get it together. <laughs> I had to take a deep breath. Ground yeah. myself. <laughs> well, I am really excited to share your journey with our listeners. So I'd like to just dive right in. But before we do, I love to tell people where you are in the world right now. Yeah. So I'm in Las Vegas. Um, I was in Las Vegas, California, because I'm so used to it. But Las Vegas, Nevada. And so I'm right on the strip. I'm in the middle of everything. We were discussing earlier that that's pretty lively and interesting. Very. And as a PR and brand marketing person, (laughs) it's probably a great place to gather all kinds of consumer data. (laughs) Yeah, this is where I get all my ideas. (laughs) It's just looking at people on the street from my building. I'm like, yep, that's uh, that's the way to get attention for sure. (laughs) Good, bad, and indifferent. (laughs) Yeah. And everything in between. Oh my gosh. Well, I think your, your journey is so interesting. So I would love to hear you know, what you do and how you got to this point. What brought you into entrepreneurship? Yeah, so the business that I own is all about uh, personal branding for entrepreneurs. So we go from uh, building the strategy platform designs all the way to getting exposure from uh, for our clients through PR, which is big uh, publications like Forbes and Entrepreneur. For my personal brand, uh, personally, I always talk about NFTs, um, ambassadorship for different projects um, and helping other people learn more about, you know, passive income, because these are all things that we weren't really taught in school. We mentioned that earlier before we started. And so that's kind of what I also talk about beyond just personal brand. Mm, very cool. So you work primarily with entrepreneurs. Do you have a particular area that you work in or is that the broad swath of people? Yeah, so I do um, mostly focus on entrepreneurs who have successfully built a lot of businesses. And because personal brand didn't really start until social media came around. I mean, personal brand has been a thing for ages, but until social media, you know, you're not going to put a photo of a business as your avatar is mostly a person because people connect with people. Um, so we really focus on people who have successfully built businesses. But when you Google them, no one really knows who they are unless you're in their immediate circle. Um, so that's how we started building brands because we just love hearing stories like kind of like what you're doing to your audience and the people that you have on your show as well is that I love getting to know people's stories their background how did they get there and what you know obstacles that they've gone through to even get there because a lot of people from the outside they'll say oh of course you know they they probably had it really easy they have businesses handed to them and a lot of times it's not true but you wouldn't know that until they share their stories. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I think a lot of people have the impression, especially with, with social media that like successful entrepreneurs just skyrocketed, just like yep. hit alone. They're just like born, you know, just yep. woke up and I just became successful overnight. Yeah. I suddenly I just magically created five streams of income and all of them are yep. successful. It, and you know, the truth, I think in entrepreneurship and, and any kind of success really is mm-hmm. it's a lot like athletics or learning an instrument or, or honing a craft that we're doing so much work in the background that people don't even know what we're doing. And a lot of times someone who rises seemingly overnight has been five, 10, 15, 20 years in the making doing yep. other stuff until they've things that you don't even write like all the problems, the obstacles that they go through, sleepless nights, missing events. Uh, family stuff. And it's just for that, you know, maybe that one day you actually make it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Do you have a favorite industry that you like to be in or is it still kind of broad? To me, it's, it's, it's still very broad because everyone that comes up to me, um, it doesn't really matter what industry they are. It's more so their journey into entrepreneurship before they get got there. What are the things that they've gone through? Is it illnesses? Is it mental illnesses? Is it a family event that stopped them? How do they even get started? Because if you think about it, it takes a lot out of a person to, I mean, in school, we're taught to be employee, right? So mm-hmm. naturally, we always just want to uh, go for a really good company, good job and stay, uh, and stay happy. But a lot of entrepreneurs have went through that path and have went through an obstacle or something that really bothered them and th- that they see something is missing for them to actually start a business of their own to take on that big of a responsibility. So for me, it's just getting to know like, why, why, why did you start the business? So for everybody, even if it's different industry, we've had clients from doctors to, uh, you know, CEOs of COVID centers and even like people who does PR as well. It's just, how did you start? And everyone's story is, is so interesting. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things I love so much about this podcast is learning why are you here? Why are you doing what you're doing, right? And I've had, most people I've had on the show have been in some kind of service industry, but I did have somebody recently, their episode will air pretty soon, who does online store, like e-shopping type stuff and mm-hmm. dropshipping, that's the word. And yeah. it's an it's an arena that I'm not familiar with at all, except maybe as the recipient, yeah. <laughs> the buyer of right. And it was so cool to hear kind of this different perspective of like how you approach things, right? Like for me and my business, I'm very niched and I haven't always been, but I've learned that that works really well for me to just narrow my niche and be really clear about who I work with and what I do for them and with them. Mm-hmm. But in, in, in other areas, like in this drop shipping, it was more about test the market multiple times to see what mm-hmm. sells. Don't worry about your passion. Use your passion for something else. You don't always have to monetize your passion. Sometimes we just see a need and we fill it and we have mm-hmm. the acumen or we learn how to do it and we get creative and, and push that forward. So I think it's, it's kind of cool to hear that you're, you're still very broad in your approach, but it sounds like you're actually very specific about the kind of people that you yes. work with. Yeah. Yeah. That they have That's- a story. Yeah, that's what I always say. It's um, when we're doing research for other people and our clients, you know, who they're talking to when they're building their personal brand uh, is that we always have them focus on the problem that they have or the stage of struggles that they have. Because if we think about it now, everyone is so versatile, like 25 year old could have the same problem as a 40 year old. And a lot of them, like, for example, for me, it's, it's a lot of 
entrepreneurs who have made it, but then they feel like they're nobodies because now a lot of people are requesting and they want to hear from the founders and CEO. The product itself is not enough They mm-hmm. because there's so many competitions out there. So now the CEOs want to step up, but then comparing to, you know, somebody that they don't even know doing dance videos and they're so popular online versus they made so much money and then nobody even know who they are unless you're in their immediate circle. So their struggle is really wanting to have that impact to tell people their story and their struggles, what what how they even came about creating these businesses, what they're involved in. Um, tell people, you know, what are the things that you see on Google is not true, but this is my narrative. So it's like taking control of the narrative uh, for their story and uh, letting people know what kind of impact that they're capable of making beyond just the business. Mm-hmm. When I think we are as human beings, really craving more connection. You said Mm -hmm. something to that effect earlier too, that we really want to connect with people. So yes, I I find that really interesting because like when I'll hear about a business or something, I'm like, who started that business? I wonder what, yeah, like how do they, like Uber, you know, the CEO of Uber or like Elon Musk. Like if you like look at Elon Musk or Richard Branson, Tony Robbins, Gary V. Oprah, they all have a bigger uh, personal brand than a business brand because people fall in love with people. They trust people. They trust their stories. And once you build that trust, you also trust in their vision. So whatever company that they de- uh, decide to invest in, people go straight into it, especially with Elon Musk. He has su- such a big vision and a lot of people believe in him. They're buying into his vision. So whatever he ends up producing, it all, it's always successful because he's really good at connecting with people through his no- knowledge. Mm. I think that's really interesting too, because we talk about like people will buy from people they know, like, and trust. Exactly. So we have an opportunity to, hopefully we're being authentic most of the time or as authentic and open as we'd like to be while still maintaining some modicum of privacy for our homes and our families whatever. But to be to be in a space where we might not know each other otherwise and still feel like we know each other, I think I think it takes a lot more work than people might think. Yeah. Personal brands are all about building the community. I always say it's not about you. It's about the impact that you make. Um, a lot of people have this misconception that I'm a very private person. And a lot of people that I work with are really private because they have made a lot of money. They're very successful. Now they're at a place where they have a family. They don't want to expose everything. And versus social media, how it's traditionally used is that here's my place to show off. Here's the weekend. Here's my new um, purse that I got. Here's my new car. That's how people are using it. But if you're intentional about it, you are actually giving yourself more privacy because you're showing people what you want to show them Mm -hmm. so that they have something to talk about, whether it's you, for example, you know, teaching people, sharing all these mental health stories and entrepreneurship. You know, now people are associating you and your brand to that, those topics. um, And Instead of really digging into, you know, what are you eating? What are you, I mean, those are great if they, if people want to know about it, if that's the community that the passion that you guys share, but building the brand, it's really what is the, the common denominator that will grab a bunch of strangers into one room and actually have a really great conversation. Mm, I think it, it kind of breaks down barriers. I think that's interesting what you said. I want to highlight that for a second. The one curates what they're posting and what they're sharing, it actually helps create more privacy. Can you say more about that? I'm 
Yeah. I think I follow a lot of accounts that are good at that. And I hadn't really thought about it that way. Yeah. So for example, for the personal brands, we usually uh, define three to five pillars that we talk about. So for example, if you go to my Instagram or any social uh, media platform, you're not going to learn about who my parents are, who I'm in a relationship with, who are my best friends. And those are not really relevant because what my goal with my brand is educating people what uh, NFTs are for women investors and also bring in more awareness for people who doesn't have a personal brand. Another topic that I talk about is modern luxury. So the three pillars I have is NFT investments, the personal brand, which is my business, and um, modern luxury, which is what I talk about, what is today's form of luxury versus a uh, traditional form of luxury. So those are my three pillars that I always mention. Those are topics that I talk about, whether it's IGTV lives or photos I post and captions that I write about. And so now the community knows those are my interests. Those are my passion and I'm the go-to person for it. And so my topics uh, engagement are always built around that versus people who are, that's why we don't work with celebrities or influencers because their type of content is usually more lifestyle content where it's focused on what are they doing today? What are they wearing? What are they hanging out at? So that's a different type. But what we are building here is making social media very intentional, very impactful and influential in a way that people, whoever follows you are actually getting bite-sized value every single day just by following your accounts. Mm, I love that bite-sized value, which is about how much we can handle at once, right? Like our attention yes. spans have gotten a lot shorter over the years, good, bad, or indifferent. I think it helps us be creative and sometimes takes us away from what we need to be doing. But I love yeah. that. You know, I think the real focus is providing value. This is something mm -hmm. that like with my clients, I talk about that a lot, even though they are healthcare providers, like what is the value that you're adding mm -hmm. to what you do? And most of them, you know, here in the U.S., they are cash self-pay cash. Um, they don't really take insurance because they're in the more alternative, considered alternative, but really complementary realm. Mm -hmm. And so what is the value you're adding? Because people are choosing to come here. Mm -hmm. It's not like emergency surgery in the ER, right? Yep. Like this is, this is something that they're choosing to do. And I'm not a marketer at all, right? I'm just, I stay in my lane, but I think it's important to understand that because it comes through in every single aspect of our business. Mm -hmm. You know, what is the value that we're adding? I love that. Yeah. Like, and it's amazing. And when you're being more intentional about it, you're able to curate these content and have a topic. So like every single post is kind of like a mini blog that you write. Mm -hmm. um, and people kind of know what to expect once they get in the rhythm of your brand and how you post and the things you talk about. Um, people rarely ask about like personal things because they know that's not what my brand is. Even though my personal brand is my name associating with those three topics, uh, it's never about me. It's always about what are the what are the topics you guys want to learn about? Who are the experts you want me to bring in? Um, what are some things that you're still confused about? Let's all talk about it. It's always about the community. I love that. And so you you also have a podcast, right? Yeah, I do. It's all about Modern Luxury Lounge, where I interview uh, very successful entrepreneurs and about how they see today's version of luxury, which is experiential luxury versus uh, what luxury used to be. And it's just really interesting to me because we always chase after materialistic things because we always see other people with nice things and we think they've made it, right? And then in when you turn on TV shows or whatever, it's always 
you know, people that are really high end having nice things. But when I interview those people, none of them have ever once mentioned any merchandise that they've ever purchased as a luxury, which is what we've always known as definition of luxury. It's always associating with nice things, brand names. What they always say luxury is, is always the same thing. It's uh, time and connection and relationship and experience. I love that. So the goal is just to really help other people redefine what luxury is. Because when I was growing up, I was really in that rat race in New York, when I told you about when I lived in New York of chasing luxury, it's one after another. And it's like a hungry ghost. Once you have it, you're like, what's the next thing? Because that's not really what fulfills you. But it's just what the society taught. It's like, if you buy this thing, you're going to feel a lot better about yourself. But that's Mm. not true. Because if you're not happy with yourself internally, nothing you ever buy outside cars, home, whatever is ever going to fulfill that void you have. And the void that you have it's it's been with people it's time to yourself it's treating yourself like a luxury brand it's a tagline Mm -hmm. that we have and it's building those connections that actually matters a lot to you I love that and I think treating yourself like a luxury brand is so much more specific than saying the thing that we all became very aware of in 2020 it's time for some self-care I appreciate that and I love that and we need it right what does it even mean anymore (laughs) well I mean yeah what does it mean and But treating yourself like a luxury brand, that's clear. Yeah. Right. So if I have a really nice purse, for example, Mm -hmm. I don't just pick it up and throw it, you know, across the room when I'm not using Mm -hmm. it. I'm going to put it in a nice place and be gentle with it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Funny thing is a lot of people will treat material items a lot better than they treat themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how the the tagline was born because yeah. my I grew up like watching my mother. She's someone that doesn't like to shop, but when she does, she buys really, really nice things. Mm-hmm. And I would just see her cleaning it, putting it into a bag and a box and then into a bag and another box. And then just like a, a <laughs> rabbit hole. And then and then like watching her treat herself, you know, she doesn't even clean with gloves on or she doesn't um, eat when, when she needs to. She doesn't go to the doctor when she needs to. I'm like, only if you treat yourself like the way you treat your designer bags, you would have been in such a good place right now. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's kind of like a, a, a moment that I had. I was like, why are not why are people treating themselves way less than they are treating their designer brands? Oh, I mean, that's huge, right? Like we, yeah, yeah, garbage in, garbage out, whatever that looks like, yeah. right? Whatever, what we consume, literally consume, like eating, drinking, but also media, what we do with our time on social media, what we're watching on television, the people we're hanging around with, taking time. Mm-hmm. I think time is the one of the biggest and most wonderful assets that we can build yeah. and the one that will benefit us more than anything else. If we make mm-hmm. time and we create that time and we save it, then we have time to, you know, deepen our connections and strengthen our relationships and create our own experiences and, and experiences for the people that we love as well. For sure. It's a huge focus in my coaching and consulting practice is time. And I mean, like I have a whole course dedicated to time. <laughs> yeah. No, it's amazing. It's it's like yeah. something that a lot of people don't value until something happens mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be that way right because we don't realize I, I'm, I'm usually a very positive person and lately a lot of people have been asking me 
you know, even including my mom, like, how do you stay so unbothered? Because time is valuable. If I'm spending this one minute to be upset that I'm losing, that I lost the that one minute to be happy. So if I get to choose as the author of my life, why would I choose sadness or or anger when I can choose happiness? And a lot of things, it's, it, it is in our hands, whether you wh- whether we believe it or not, when you have control of your emotions, the way you utilize time is so different. I mean, I appreciate time so much more than I had before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of the reasons that I have enjoyed being an entrepreneur is because it gives me control of my time. And if I catch myself trying to wear that badge of honor of, oh my God, I've been that busy. I start <laughs> getting really annoyed with myself. <laughs> and I go through that rabbit hole. Oh yeah. my gosh. You know, and it's very tempting and it's very easy. We're influenced by hustle culture and there's still so much, I think, hoopla around being busy and being exhausted and like burnout is something that we should be proud of. Yeah. Uh, and celebrated. I remember when I was in Berkeley, yay, was like, you know, haven't slept in like three days. I'm like, oh that doesn't sound healthy at all. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be you, but yeah, whatever floats your boat. But those aren't like the yeah. things that we should be. So, and that's the funny thing. I mean, not to, I mean, I love Berkeley, but then it's like, we were one of the the top research school in the world. Mm-hmm. And we know we've researched, I mean, we have the the best, one of the best mental health, you know, education program. And we know how damaging it is for our students to pull all-nighters, to push them to to the edge where, you know, these things are due or else you're not going to pass, whatever. We know all these things because we are the people who are researching it. But then at the same time, we don't do it. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of interesting. It's like, we know this hustle culture is not good, but then we're still posting about it and celebrating Mm -hmm. it. And no one's really celebrating, hey, this is just like a time off, like yeah. me treating myself, you know. I always feel like mildly guilty. I'm getting better every day at not feeling this way. But like when I tell people, yeah, sometimes I just go out. We live on two acres. I'll go out that door and go sit on this bench swing that we have. And sometimes I lay down on it and just stare at the sky and swing oh for like goodness. 10, 15 minutes. It's such a recharge, right? And then I'm actually able to get more stuff done, which is the whole point of rest. You know, this whole, I've been seeing a lot of posts lately and probably just because I've curated my feed very carefully on my social media, but um, of like rest is not something we earn. It's part of a cycle. Mm -hmm. Look at animals. Mm -hmm. Like what do they do? Especially the ones that we haven't domesticated and put to work, right? Like watch, watch other animals. Like there's a very specific time of day when they do certain things and then they're resting and or night or whatever. And, you know, I think that we need to, we need to pay attention to that. We're actually better for ourselves and for others when we put back into ourselves. I think what you said that was super important was, is guilt. Like for entrepreneurs, Mm. how often do we feel guilty? Like every time um, a weekend comes around, I always have to justify myself, even if I'm at a party. I'm like, no, I'm not working to meet, you know, p- perspectives or, you know, client people that could be clients or something. It's like, why can't I just let myself have fun? Even yeah. if I'm, you know, on a vacation or I am um, doing like just tanning the other day and I just kept ch- uh, checking my phone just because I had uh, my partners and clients that was just like, you know, messaging me on WhatsApp and I just couldn't, I felt guilty not responding. But like, I think a lot of times that guilt is what leads us to a burned out because people are like, why I'm working on a Saturday, why are you not working? It's like, okay, but here's the boundaries though. Yeah. 
I think this is a really important topic, actually. And I, I, you know, sometimes we're building something and we need to like dig in and go all out until it's done. I've had times when I'm working on a project and I'm, you know, there's timelines and deadlines and all that stuff and it needs to get done. Totally get that. I'm not in the the race of like launch cycles and stuff like that. I just, I've never, I've never given into that, but still there might be something new, right? Um, but I think this is really key. So when we're very boundaried, I'm just going to, you know, very roughly quote Brene Brown, like we're better people, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And I think that we, you know, I just decided when I started my business, my children were tiny. I was a single newly divorced mom. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I got to be here for my kids. So that mm-hmm. basically means that while I'm building this business, I'm working between the hours of like whatever, whatever time it was, they went to school and got home mm-hmm. and then nothing until after they go to bed. And if I still have something I need to do that I'm working from like, 8.30 to 10 or 11 or whatever, but I'm still going to try to get my seven to eight hours of sleep most nights and, yep. you know, blah, 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 blah. That's like and me I, with my nap. It's like non-negotiable. It's like my, my assistant know like that hour, you not do not touch that hour. Love that. Well, I think that's so important, right? And we can teach the people around us that we value our own selves enough to do that. And oh. I think the guilt, I just think it's part of our ego and it's going to come around and it's going to, you know, I wake up with it sitting on my face telling me bullshit <laughs> almost every day, right? And I go, yeah. thanks. Thank you very much. I call her Janice. My ego, I call her Janice. I love that. Friends. <laughs> oh my God. Actually, that's I feel like I call my ego like grandma or something. I don't remember. It's been ridiculous. <laughs> right? <laughs> Mom. Um, <laughs> yeah. So just kidding. Um, sort of. But yeah, you know, it's like, okay, I can recognize that, that I can't, it's, you know, maybe it's going to always be there, but I can, I can look at that guilt and the negative thoughts that, and the things that come up and go, oh, that's what that is. Right. And you're telling me something, right? It, whatever it is, it's telling me something, but I have been so much happier and actually better at what I do by being boundaried. I generally don't work weekends unless I'm super inspired or yeah. I'm crunching a deadline. Mm-hmm. And that's very, very rare because I have a lot of white space on my calendar intentionally to be able to work on stuff. But yeah. I think, you know, that's easy to say because I'm 11 years in and I'm established in my, in my field, right? Yeah. The beginning was different. I worked a lot more. Yeah. But, but did, discipline gives you that, um, yeah, discipline gives you, gives you freedom. And I think as a startup, it's, it's so hard, like, I just feel like a lot of people, especially that comparison comes on when you are on social media, you're looking at other um, entrepreneurs who are posting, oh, how I made $1 million in my first year. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, but did you count like, you know, your expenses? Because now you have one dime left, but you you don't talk about that because it's social media. Then there's a toxic culture of like, okay, but she made $1 million in her first year and I'm only at six figures, I need to work harder because something's obviously wrong. And I think that comparison culture is also so toxic because there's so much that we don't know behind the scenes, what contributes into that $1 million? What are other assets that might be a contribution? You never know what what's actually happening in behind the scenes and how much expense they put out. Are they actually negative even though they have, you know, a million dollar revenue? So I think that's also a huge part for a lot of people that are beginning just because your first years for six months is not thriving. Like a lot of people who are posting about it. It doesn't mean that you're a failure. It doesn't mean that you have to push yourself to the edge and keep working, pull all nighters, 
to match up with that. Everyone has their own unique journey. You can't possibly compare your journey to someone else. Um, Everyone is so different. And I think that's one thing that I really am really aware of because I fall into that trap all the time. I talked to my team. I was like, you know, they're like, you're one of the hardest working uh, person I know. And I'm like, no, this is not good enough because XYZ is doing this and we're only at here. We need to do better. And they're like, Mm you know, it's, I always have to catch myself like to to not push myself too hard. Uh, just because other people are doing at a certain place doesn't mean I have to be that at that place as well. Yeah, that's a That's a real challenge. And I think about when I used to run cross country, mm-hmm. our coaches taught us to run a, the races against yourself. So you just every time you want to do better than your last time. And that's the goal, right? And And that's important when you're running so hard that you feel like you're going to throw up because you're trying to keep up with someone who's, you know, eight inches taller than you. Exactly. (laughs) There's so many factors and then people start to belittle themselves. Totally. And it's, it's a really, it's so easy. And I, I don't think we fall into the trap. I think we leap into it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's easy to leap into that trap and do it telling ourselves that we've got good intentions. And that's where for me, I ground myself back in. I teach my clients to do this. All right, let's just pause. Let's just take a time out like we would if we were playing a team sport. I'm not even sporty. I don't know why I'm using all these sports analogies, but you know, if we're t- playing a team sport, take a time out. Okay, coach. It's getting out of control, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm feeling the vibe. I mean, you going. You know, <laughs> I'm feeling like I'm about to go run on a treadmill in the second. Right? I know. Let's put on our shoes after. <laughs> but it's, you know, Sometimes things are just spinning and we need to pause. And one of the best things we can do is pause or even stop. It's okay to stop. Yeah, the power of pause. Oh my gosh. And it's the thing that helps me recognize when I'm doing the comparison thing, when I'm running myself ragged, when I'm placing unrealistic expectations. I have very high standards and I have high expectations of myself, for my clients, Mm -hmm. everybody but are they unrelenting? (laughs) Are they, I like realistic, but a stretch. Like if it's too realistic, it's probably not worth fighting for. Right. So strive, but I just, I love this topic because it's important for us to catch ourselves and stay, you know, true. And I think, you know, maybe not necessarily slow and steady, but steady, right. Steady and disciplined. (laughs) Just like don't be slow now. Sometimes it's slow and sometimes it's a clip, right? But it's down. Yeah. It's still give something yourself that- grace too, right? Because oh, there's there's just times where it's like it, we work in kind of like an energy zone where there's sometimes where you're just like go 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 go. I'm getting all these amazing ideas. Everything's flowing right, and then there's dips where it's like okay, you know, it's like getting on the mat. So I used to teach yoga, and that's one thing we always talk about to set goals, but not expectations. Um, you can't expect your body to uh, perform the way you did yesterday just because yesterday was so amazing. You're still the same person, but we have to honor. There are times where we have highs and lows. And when it's lows, just honor that. Don't feel like I I, I was so good. What, what happened? I lost my momentum. Now you're going spiraling down. I think honoring that pattern that we have is totally fine because I, I was interviewing one of my clients and he was, you know, apologizing profusingly because he kept met, missing the appointments and, um, and just to realize it's like, you know, he was going through something and that was, was a dip at his, his journey. And it's totally fine. I'm, I'm glad that he honored that. Um, and actually, 
went with it because a lot of us, we just expect us to to work at a high level all the time and be at 100 miles per hour all the time in our business. Like when that happens, great, utilize it. But when you don't have it, honor that as well. I love that you use the yoga analogy because it is, it's what we have, right? Today is all that I have. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like the four agreements, right? Always do your best. I know, I love it too. So my life is like based on, like completely changed the way I view everything since I saw, uh, read the book. It's amazing because it helps you settle in. It helps one settle in to this moment now. Mm -hmm. We can still have an eye to the future and we can still look back to see what we've learned and also sometimes to gauge how far we've come, right? So Mm -hmm. sometimes we're so focused on what's in front of us, we forget all the ground that we've covered. But what do I have today? I might be really sore or tired today, right? And so I don't have, you know, I'm not as bendy and twisty and whatever as I might be in yoga. Yeah. Today is the day I think that I focus on restoration or, you know. Exactly. I think what you said about the accomplishment part was huge. Uh, Something I learned in when I was getting my uh, NLP certification, the the teacher was uh, teaching us like we're always focused on the to-do list, but we don't really focus on the list accomplish list. So like what I started doing is, uh, I have to go get back into it again, is having these little post-it notes that I write what I have accomplished and then wrap it up and put it in a jar so that you could actually see not just, oh my God, I have this much to do still, but you also see this jar of this is how much I've accomplished. Because um, like, like kind of like a piggy bank, but then for everything mm-hmm. you've accomplished, you put it in there so that you can give yourself a little like celebration because we're always focused on okay, what's next? What's next? But we didn't focus on what just happened. Mm -hmm. It happens. I just had a meeting with my own coach and I was feeling discouraged. I came in kind of low energy and, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, and I was, I was kind of focused on outcomes. And when we reviewed what I'd been up to since the last time we talked, she was like, do you, do you realize how many milestones you've hit? And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, Yeah, you look back at it too. You're like, wow, I actually did a lot. I have done, and and I give a lot of credit to my team. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, we've gotten so much done, but I've had my head down, really focused on getting, you know, getting stuff done. But it's, yeah, I think it's really important. The coach who trained me um, taught me, you know, we have our to do list, we need a to do list, but we also need to like celebrate. And so she calls it the ta da list. <laughs> we just at the end of the day, like, I stand up love with our that. victory for you and be like, I did that. You know, you got to celebrate You know, like, <laughs> yeah, because it's yeah. all the, the energy that you put out that you receive back in. So mm-hmm. nothing has any meaning until we give it the meaning. Uh, of it. And nothing is good or bad unless you say this thing is good or bad. So why not change the narrative and make everything good and spin, you know, the negative to positives and celebrate it because everything that happens, there's always a plus side to it. So I love that your uh, coach tells you to celebrate every little thing. Yeah, totally. And it's, it puts you in, it puts me in such a good mood. Yeah. And I'm like, woohoo. And then when it's time to kind of start on a big project, it's like, okay, this is good because it's bite-sized chunks anyway. You're not going to get yeah, it's like a little momentum. <laughs> yeah. And momentum is our friend. Exactly. It's really important. And we don't, you know, it's like the analogy of trying to jumpstart a car. You don't start out going 30 miles an hour. You start out still <laughs> yeah. trying to get the thing to move at all. Exactly. And it's not until you get the momentum that you actually get to take off. So I think that, I think that's life. That's especially entrepreneurship. Like it's just... It's a bit of a slog, but if you're really committed to it, it's worth it because you just have to hit a stride. 
And once you hit a stride, it starts moving and, and we become, you know, more agile and more adept and, and, you know, more experienced and we know how to make quicker decisions and how to pivot when we need to pivot and do all the things we need to do and hire. (laughs) It's like like building a path or it's just sand, concrete, water, all of that. It's bumpy at first. You keep paving it, paving it, paving it until you get that really smooth surface. That's Mm -hmm. then once you get to it, I just see, I mean, so many people scale, you know, their brands getting exposure. And once they get, get on, I mean, one of my friends, uh, Grant Cardone, he's, he's the same way. I mean, he's worked so hard at posting every day, making content and he's worked deck for decades until recently. I mean, past few years, he, he's gotten a lot of traction, but once you got, he got that traction, he was all over the place all the media were requesting for him. Um, he became very desirable, but people looking at him, they don't know that for decades that he was losing friends and family because how hard he was posting and working and people were like, oh my God, that's enough is enough. And he was like, okay, well, you don't like it. That's fine. You're not my target audience. But he kept going, even though a lot of people told him no. And we don't see that. We only see the last, you know, past couple of years of success of how big he is with the, I mean, have you seen his ads? You see the private jets and the, yeah. the has a stack of cash, but yeah. we don't see, you know, behind the scene, how hard he he's worked. So mm-hmm. the little, like kind of like what you're saying, the little momentum that finally builds that smooth path where it's like, okay, now it's upward from here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like compound interest, right? You have to keep exactly. adding to making, making an investment each day. Yeah. And next thing you know, you're Warren Buffett. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just, just a couple of things I tell myself yeah. in my journal. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> Getting there. That's awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I, I feel like we could talk for forever, but uh, we probably, you know, need to wrap up. But I, mm-hmm. I just, I really appreciate you coming on. Before we go, I would like to ask you two more questions. And the mm-hmm. first one is, where can we find you? How can we support the work you do? And where can people find you? Yeah. So my website is launching. It's jlissa.com. It's J-A-Y-L-I-S-S-A.com. And then all my social media is Jalissa Leah, L-E-A, um, across all platforms. So you can DM me or go to my website. You can contact me there as well. But I love connecting with people. Um, like I said, I before we even started, I just love meeting people because I feel like everyone has such a cool story. Uh, that you don't know about until you hear their story and you get to know who they are. Mm, Well, we'll be sure to share all of your links in the show notes so people can get there really easily. Thank you. Um, Final question. If you have any parting wisdom you'd like to share with our listeners, what would that be? Ooh, parting lessons. I feel like we said so much in here. I want to pick out one that I really like. I think it's just the, the comparison. Don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20. And uh, especially for yourself, only compare yourself to the version you were yesterday, but not to someone else. I love that. Mm, thank you so much. Well, we we definitely have to stay in touch because I think you're up to great things. And, Absolutely. and yeah, I really enjoyed. I loved our time in the green room. Nobody even knows what we talked about. When we were laughing. I know. <laughs> it was really good. I mean, we we kind of transition really well in here. Um, I feel like the audience was kind of in it, but not at, at the extreme because yeah. we could see everything. That'd be bad. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'd be fired. <laughs> um, I don't know, my boss, myself. <laughs> we, would, we would lose some friends. No, I'm just kidding. Exactly. It wasn't quite that naughty. Yeah, it's so funny. If, there, if there's something I don't want to deal with, I was like, yeah, I'll tell my boss that. Right, it's exactly. Me, but she's yeah. going to fire me. Yeah, she's going to fire she me. Doesn't. She's, 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 got she's strict. Me. Yeah, she's strict. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Well, I would love to, you know, catch up with you in, you know, in a few months or so and see what else is going on. And, you know, please, for our listeners, go check out Jalissa and and see what she's up to. I just I just I think you're wonderful. I love the work you're doing. I really appreciated our conversation. So thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset. Be sure to click the subscribe button so you'll never miss a show. As you know, reviews are what help your fellow entrepreneurs find the right podcasts for them. So please leave us a review and tell your friends about us so more people can hear the valuable information we share in each episode. If you are a medical practice owner and you're struggling with overwhelm from the daily business operations and decisions and trying to manage your time and all that juggling, schedule a talk with me by visiting my website at tracycherpesky.com forward slash medical hyphen practices. Link is in the show notes. We look forward to hearing from you and celebrating your success.